Welcome back to yet another After Hours special with your favorite content creators, Foursquare. Beep, 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 beep. Yes, 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 yes. All that, all that air horn nonsense. Today, on this special one, we got myself, Lucas, the man behind the screens, and your boy Alex, aka the old man, aka the den mother of Foursquare. AKA no loans. Hey bro. <laughs> drop <laughs> it. Oh god. <laughs> Never. Well, so Alex, we are here today, right? Because we now both have watched the Disney movies Encanto mm-hmm. and Coco. <laughs> bro, let me tell you right now, I was going to start this off heavy and truthful. Okay. I have never before in my life uh-huh. cried in a piece of media. Not music, really? not TV, not movies, nothing. Right. I'm going to tell you right now, right now, right now, I cried man boo-hoo tears. You, you was boo-hooing, dog? I was boo-hoo crying, dog. And not just a little bit, not just like a little sniffle wipe away. I cried... For 10 minutes. Oh my god. 10 minutes, and I am man enough, I'm secure enough in my masculinity to say that right now. Hey, bro, I respect it. I respect it. I definitely, I ain't boohooed, but tears fell. Tears left my cheek. And for me, I, I, I am not a crier. That, that's just something that it's just a function that I just nope. don't frequently do, as common as other folks exactly. may have. But watching those films, there were tears, and yeah. they left my body. And I was like, well. This movie hit, that hurt. and it is very few, and it's very few, and it's only with like, like Pixar and Disney movies. Like mm-hmm. the only movies that has ever gotten me there for emotional, like you know, it was yeah, Coco, mm-hmm. Encanto, Up. And when I watched it when I was an adult, when I finally understood the beginning, yeah. man. For, first of all, just a little side note: whoever decided to make Up and make the first ten minutes just. Any emotion, any emotional roller coaster. I need to punch you because why? Like the entire first ten minutes, mm-hmm. just watch a man's life go by. That's an uppercut right there. And it just, I hate them. Just, oh my god. Straight gut punch right there. Just. And on, on top of that too, like I can remember, I count on one hand, I think the number of times I teared up. It was, I teared up a little bit in the Blind Side, you know, with Sandra Bullock and yeah. like, I, tied, I teared was, up a little bit. Um, there was an anime called Sword Art Online. There was one particular part in one particular season that I teared up because it would to me like, it kind of hit me a little soft spot for me emotional yeah. like people like like you know fading to death the sick or whatever like it was very emotional for me I the only other time that I really got emotional I don't know if you saw the the Netflix show uh, 13 Reasons Why no Thir- I avoided that 13 Re- it, it, there's definitely some tear jerkers in, in that series and and I think the end of season two, the finale of season two, mm-hmm. it was just, they were at the funeral and it was just like a, I love you and I let you go moment. Okay, I can get and that. And it was like, some, some things, and, and it, you can relate it to anything about just, there's certain things you're just holding on to and you know it's affecting you in a bad way and it's so hard to, you know, right, it's so right, right. hard to say goodbye. And you finally have to do it. And it's emotional. You have to finally go through that transition. And once you do, you feel like a huge you know, weight has been lifted off your shoulders. So that's the only other time. But, but, but back to Encanto and Coco. As for us. Bit. Let's talk a little bit about Encanto, though. Like we, we talk a lot about Coco, but 
Like, Encanto didn't really make you want to cry, though, did it? No. No. No, no, no. no. It, it was definitely just a, a demonstration and an explanation of right. the Latino family dynamic. Oh. As myself and Fru Lucas, for those who do not know, we come from a Latino heritage. We have Latino roots. Myself, mm-hmm. uh, my family comes from mainly from Panama and then and then other nations in the Caribbean. And for and me, I got my, my mother's side of the family is Brazilian, mm-hmm. and my dad is about as American as you get. Actually, he's not, he more so like he's Texan. You know? Yeah. So I'm Texan. like half Texan, half Brazilian. My dad is the typical, you know, Northeastern tri-state, you know, from Jersey. Jersey. Uh, um, <laughs> my dad from Jersey, from Trenton. But yeah, but, um, but no, so looking back at these movies just the demonstration because we could look at Coco and look at like what it did for us and look at Encanto Mm -hmm. but like a lot of people like yes although a lot of people enjoyed it there are certain things that were do you want to say triggering as the word honestly that that is a word for it yeah like triggering not even since like you know triggering like any kind of mechanisms but like triggering just like memories uh relatability Mm -hmm. sometimes even traumas yeah like very specific examples just like because that, that's what it is. Like, when you when you watch a movie, especially in the Disney and, like, Pixar, when you watch a movie that has some kind of cultural, like, significance to you, you're automatically going to relate that to something. Like, exactly. There's, there's no way that not, not a single part of it is going to be unfamiliar. Yeah. yeah. yeah I agree. I, I think that there, there are just certain things. And although, for Coco, it, it looks, although I didn't say, it looked like it was mainly geared towards the Mexican culture. Right, yeah. And then Encanto was for the Colombian culture. Both of those still are, you know, parts of the Latino diaspora, and it's definitely something where this is something that we can all relate to. And expanding to what you said, Coco did more so focus on, like, Mexican heritage, but specifically because the entire movie takes place on Dia de los Muertos. Exactly. The Day of the Dead. And that is not, like, that's something that I don't think in Brazil we ever celebrate. I've never it's, once it's heard mainly, of it, it's, it's, it's acknowledged yeah. and, and all the respected from other Latino cultures. But Mexico specifically, they heavily take that. With the decoration, and with the And they skulls, go fully all out with, with it. The and they take that into a serious, in, as a serious event and a holiday. I do love how detailed Coco got with that. Like, definitely. Everything, everything definitely. Like, like, like laying out the path for your ancestors. Yeah, laying out the path out. and just, it, it definitely showed the, and, and I think it's just something that, that other countries and other nations don't do. They, they don't, it's a lot of pride and honor for the family and the lineage that you come from mm-hmm. and so just saying you know our family started with this person and he married this person and then this family tree continues to go all the way down oh, yeah. and now here's you and this is where you fall in line and it really emphasizes the importance of family values and like family exactly like definitely really honoring your ancestors and see like you all also just said Encanto is a little bit more broad strokes yes yeah, yeah you can tell like it's got a lot of like Colombian heritage like vibes but it, like, for me, and I imagine for you as well, we had a lot more, like, triggers and, like, memory, like, memory triggers and whatnot to our own cultural... Yeah, like, because it, it, it's, it's more of just, like... It, Encanto was very much... I looked at it as, like, a day in the life of a, a Latino family. That's exactly what it was. And, and you look at, like, at any typical big family, you know? Yeah. And so for Encanto, it was the Madre Gals. Oh. You know, a big family with all of these, you know, well-known abilities. And if you take the, if you take the fantasy and the Disney aspects out of it... It was, you know, basically a famous, well-known family. It was a very, like, it felt very grounded for a Disney movie, though. Yes, like, for definitely. For a Disney movie, that it was very. Definitely, grounded. it was just a famous big family who had certain abilities yeah. that were blessed with certain abilities, and they con- and they um, 
and they serve the community with all of their special attributes. Oh, the idea of like being essentially like required, like mm-hmm. almost feeling like they're they're in have to help the community. Yeah, it's like they have to give back. That hit that hit a little bit too. That was one of the, the main things in that movie that like I related to because I'm like, that's like the whole thing. Like it's not just your family; it's yeah. our family. It's the family. Mm-hmm. Like we've got family friends. You've got family on the other side of town. You've got family on the other country. Mm-hmm. You've got every, no matter where the family is. Like you feel. Even if they're not part of your direct bloodline, you feel kind of responsible for making sure. There is there there is a certain responsibility, like like for my family, like yes, like the family. When I go to Panama and I see my family, I mean, I'm seeing family on both sides of my abuela Mm -hmm. side and my abuela side. Right. But and then in certain areas, it's there's certain communities and neighborhoods where everybody knows us, and keep talking, keep talking, and we are looking, and we we always are. You know, together we're always at church. Like church is like a big factor for us as far as like where we go, and you know we have like a community event. And so there are people who are not a part of our family that I still feel a connection to Mm -hmm. because we are part of this big community. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't really have the whole like the church thing growing up. Yeah, no, and that's not everybody. But that's just that was church was definitely something that honed for us. And it was just something that kept us all grounded and kept us together. So church was just a big factor. There was a religious presence. There was a, like a, a religious presence in my family, but it it came it kind of came and went. Like they one thing I did like about my family is it mm-hmm. didn't seem like they really thrust their value, like their their religious beliefs, on the kids on us. At least at least not for me. Like maybe yeah. my cousins kind of did better hiding it, but for me, <clears throat> my my folks they kind of like they have their beliefs, yeah. but they never like they got to a certain age where it was like. If you want to go to church, you can go to church. Yeah. We can all go to church. If you don't, that's fine. Like, there, there was never a time where, like, I felt pressured. A lot of people feel differently, but I never had to feel pressured into a belief or faking a belief just to make someone happy. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit different that's on my one. side. Yeah, so church, church and religion is definitely heavy on, like, both my Panama side and, and my American side. Mm-hmm. And, like, where I had, you know, you know like, there's a like, my grandmother, like, I, I love my grandma. I love her to death. But times there, there are just certain things that she believes in, certain things that she's you know stuck and and holds to her core, and religion is one of them. And it's just like it's not that I'm not religious or I don't you know have a faith or have a belief in anything, but the way that I practice my faith is different from the way that she does. And she believes that there's only one way, there's not multiple ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes it's just like okay, so you know like I'm still love you and I'm still care for you, but. I'm gonna still do my thing. I hope you can respect that. I hope you can love me for oh, it. Absolutely. But it's just a matter of just I just go about certain things, especially with, with religion. I just go about it differently. You know who I really felt for mm-hmm. in that movie? I felt for the main character. Mighty was it Mighty Bell? Mirabel. Mirabel. Yeah. Yeah. I felt for her because I can specifically relate to a part of her story. Not in the sense, not even not in the sense of magical the powers. Feeling isolated a little bit. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh. And then in the movie, Mirabella is, is isolated from her family a little bit. Like, you know, there's, there's love and everything. Her parents love her. But everyone else kind of, like, pushes her away a little bit because she's the only one that doesn't have a gift. She's right. Like, she's the odd, oddball out. And for right. me, like, every time I would go visit my family, you know, mm-hmm. the adults were very welcoming. They want to talk to me all the time. They want to welcome me and everything. But at the end of the day, here's the fact of the matter. I'm an American, an American kid. I was raised in Amer- an American kind of mindset with, like, you know, different foreign concepts and all but I was raised in American schools, yeah. around American children. Yeah. Uh, English is my, my first language. Like that, That's how I roll. Yeah. So when I go over there, I have to relearn the language. Yep. I have to relearn the dynamics. I have mm-hmm. to remember I'm in a new place. Mm-hmm. And everyone, and like everyone, despite trying really hard not to treat me that way, it's apparent sometimes. 
No, yeah, no, and and that's not that's not to be ill will or, or to be malicious, but I think that when you grow up. It's it's hard to relate to somebody that doesn't have the same ideals. Like I have, like even outside of my family, like I have a lot, I have a few friends that are from Panama that are Panamanian and like we're Spanish as a first language. And so even when, like, um, with one of my friends from Panama, like we just share, like we share that we're Panamanian, but the way we look at it is completely different because she grew up and lived it and has the the day to day knowledge of like what it is, and I just have the American upbringing. But still have a different culture and root that I trace back to it. Right. And right, so right. I think that like it, it is sometimes like it, it, and it's not you know it's not intentional, but mm-hmm. it's just that's just what the reality is. Yeah. I mean, I never I never like took it like that. I mean, if anything, at at the worst, it would be like passive aggressive stuff. Yeah. Like how um, you know little little con- little little comments about like how my Portuguese is so good, you know, for the lack of practice. Or, right. Like, you know, it's incredible that I can pick up on it. But like sometimes it feels like y'all are really kind of just sliding in the fact that I it don't seems know like how to a backhanded like, compliment. It is. It really like is you're sometimes. good. Like they'll say like like when I speak because I, I I still have this little. Oh, you still have a little accent, thing. bro. That was my least favorite comment. Oh my gosh, it, like, it is. I don't know what that means. So annoying. But then it's like when when I do speak Spanish. And like, and, and I don't normally like do it like freely, but when I do, and I have to speak Spanish in certain situations in Panama, and it's like, oh, you're really good, and I'm like, are you saying that because, you know, that that's not my first language? Like, like, what does really good mean? Because I could try, I could speak Spanish, and my accent's not as clear, my dialect is not as crisp, and so somebody may laugh at me because I'm not, you know, fluent. Word. And I'm just like, man, like I'm trying though, and and I'm starting to connect to my family. Because I remember, like, sometimes, like, I'll have cousins who don't speak uh, English at all. And they'll speak Spanish to me. And they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't understand. And they'll laugh and go away. And I'm just like, yo, like, I understand you. I My response just is delayed. I got to take what you say, translate it into, into English, understand it, say what I want to say in English, and then translate it into Spanish. Like, it's a whole mechanism for us that mm-hmm. are American raised with uh, with roots in other countries. And it's like, that's especially just something they don't understand. Right. Especially if you have, like, a distant connection to those roots. Exactly, exactly. So I think that's just something that's very difficult. But mm-hmm. back to the movies, though. Oh, yeah. Like, the abuelas, the abuela in Coco and the abuela in Canto, it's like... The way that people were like, oh, like, you know, she's trying to, you know, keep up the family, keep up. But I'm just like, what's yo. your What's your abuela more like? Is she more like abuela from Coco or abuela from, uh, or abuela Madrigal? My abuela is almost a spinning image of Mama Coco. Not the abuela, but really? Mama Coco. Oh, okay. Yeah, like my abuela, she is really, like, my abuela, she's the sweetest you know she's she's quiet she's cool she is reckless though she'll say a couple like wild things but like she you know she's very quiet she's not loud you know you know she's at the age and, and at the point of her life where she's not throwing chocolates at you anymore no worries, but yeah. she's you know just like you know she would she'll love you she, she will if she has to but you know you know she'll love you you know she'll cook you a good meal you know she'll feed you and she'll take care of you but my wife she's real cool soft spoken she'll sit down and watch the rest of the chaos she'll be like oh wow oh everybody's and then she'll like you know spill tea with her right, friends yeah. and stuff my my vovó grandma my grandmother she um she's like a, the middle ground between mama uh like that brother from coco and uh the madrigal grandmother okay she's the middle ground because she carries herself with this like with the same kind of poise mm-hmm. and uh like did i meet her 
I could just want you like she came one time when we were in high she school. She visited. I she can't remember one time if you met her. And well, like she, she little, was just sitting in the back and she was a little yeah, tiny woman. Yeah, yeah. And then you were like, you know, speaking to her in Portuguese and saying, yeah, this is Allison. I was like, hey, sometimes we call her. Sometimes we call her Coquinho because she looks like a she looks like a little Coquinho with a little <laughs> hair. Sometimes. That's funny. Oh, of all Coquinho, she would be like, ah, well. <laughs> and she does, she just. <laughs> My favorite, that's my, that's my vovo right there. Yeah, but she's spunky, bro. Like, uh-huh. she, she's like, she's 94, I think. Damn. Oh, yeah, she's in her mid-90s, and she still walks around on her own. She's got relatively, like, no, like, she's healthy. Like, you know, she doesn't drive anymore. God. Oh, my God. When she got, like, the first and last time I ever got in the car with her behind the wheel, I thought I was going to die. I'm, I actually, we were driving, a little tangent here, we were driving on, like, this bridge. We were going uh-huh. shopping, and she was driving, and she kept, like, Leaning toward the edge of the bridge, the railing. Hey, yo. My mom's sitting passenger side. She keeps grabbing the wheel, kind of turning it. My, my vovo, she's, she's fighting it a little bit. Like, don't touch the wheel. And I looked at the side. I looked at the water. And I was just like, I crossed my arms. <laughs> I did the mummy cross. And I was like, all right. Hey, well, God. It's me again. If I'm ready. You know, if, if this is how I'm going to meet you, you know, just... Just make it quick. Just no. I don't. I don't want to suck yeah, it. Just, bro, just, just don't, make don't it quick. Don't tell my homies don't, either. Don't tell. Yeah. My just, just, just let it be. Just, just let it be. Just bury me that. here. Bury me here with the roots. Please. I, I don't want that. Bro, oh, God, I love it though. But she, there's one time. But she is funky though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were in the shopping mall one time, and I made a little joke at her, you know, a little inside jokes. Mm-hmm. And she kind of gave me this little innocent smile, mm-hmm. like she was kind of done with my shit. Yeah. And I should you not. The minute the elevator opened. You seen me, Alex? Way I'm built. Mm-hmm. Her little ass put her hand on my back mm-hmm. and pushed me out of the elevator. Not like a little gentle shot. I mean, she managed she to push you. me, and she didn't lose her balance or nothing. I was like, "Well, now I know where I get my strength from. It's not from my uncles or my right. dad. It's from her." It's from Volvo. Volvo, man. Uh, but that's enough of my tangent. But. But yeah, she's she's like the middle ground between those. Like I said, she carries herself with that level of poise, and I say that because she comes from upper upper wealth. Yeah, like her family was like essentially like almost aristocrats. It feels like okay, like very upper like very upper class wealthy. So she kind of has that that decorum in class. Plus she's like she's old school. She's from an old other generation. Yeah, but she also has like the spunkiness, the way she walk, literally the way she's walking, the way she builds. She kind of looks like uh, the grandma from Coco. Uh, the way she talks to people sometimes, kind of give a little attitude, mm-hmm. always on people, always loving. Oh my gosh, loving on the guys, loving on the grandkids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's her to a T. So it's like that weird middle ground for her. Yeah, no, I I think that I think when when you think about our families and you think about our grandmother specifically, mm-hmm. when you look at the grandma from Encanto, it's like there is, and I always, you know, always try to figure it out because for us, for our generation, we always want to know like you know. Our family is the way they are, but why? Like, where does it come from? Exactly. And and it's always like, if you saw like the energy and the attitude of the grandma, I'm just like, like you're trying to always keep this, you know, facade of like we're perfect, and it's just like, yo, but we're not though. Like, there's like everybody got problems, but I feel like for like a for oh, a lot of us man, and our Latino too. families, we always try to mask the BS that's behind it, oh. and you always kind of just push this out like, no, it's okay, we're perfect. Regardless of so that there's something wrong, it might be evident. I never realized that kind of stuff until I got older. Yeah, never. Because no, my family did a really good job of hiding that stuff around the kids. I was yeah. that. But I'm see. I'm glad this is not just a one family thing like that. Plus, you can tell a lot from how Hispanic Latino family operates based on how the grandmother is, like the attitude, the demeanor, 
how they handle things. Like, you can tell a lot. Whomever the head of the family is, whoever the mm-hmm. oldest sibling or the oldest relative, whoever is the head who kind of takes control of, like, the family, everybody kind of... Does your, does your abuela kind of hold your family together? Is she kind of like the super glue that keeps it? Actually, it's my abuelo that does that. Abuelo. My abuelo is definitely like the backbone of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, For you us, know, it's my, it's my abuelo. He, my he, is, he is, he is, um, and he's like the second oldest. He, he is one of, I believe, six or seven. And then my abuela, she was like one of like you know four or five. Mm-hmm. But like after everything and they grew up and like the jobs and stuff that they held, my abuelo definitely took the role of like, you know, follow me, I will show you the way. And so I, I think that for everybody, everybody kind of like looks at him with like what to do. Man, my abuela, she definitely does good of like, like in Black Panther, as like the queen, graceful, quiet, stays in the back. But like my abuelo is like the Black Panther, like he stands there and he's strong and he's mm-hmm. like present. But you know, but you know, the queen had will say what she needs. To oh say yeah, no, like when my abuela, when my abuela's mad, uh, and she if she's mad at my abuela, oh she's gonna speak her mind. Mm-hmm. Like my abuela's not that quiet where it's like she won't say anything like oh when she's mad she'll get animated and she'll get in your face too and i'm like uh, i don't know so you know there's a lot of these these movies neither of these movies really show about the culture a lot of the negative stuff a lot of the stuff that people like stereotype but uh-huh. like the machismo yeah the, that, that's not really touched on at all yeah no no but um let's get let's get real here for a second let's get serious one thing that really stung like really kind of hit and I you know it, I couldn't believe it how accurate it was. And Encanto was the attitude that the family as a whole takes within the family. Mm-hmm. When Bruno, like yeah. with the whole thing about Bruno, like we don't talk about Bruno. That's yeah. a cute song, a great song. We get stuck in our head, but like seeing that, like no one talks about it. No one mentions what he did. No one mentions why it was bad and then they all start kind of telling the stories about it I'm just like Bruno could be anybody like I said take the fantasy and the Disney essence out of like the powers anything Bruno could just been a dude in the family who was emo Mm -hmm. or he could have been a dude who was a part of the LGBTQ plus community he could have been somebody who was just the black sheep whatever it is he was the black sheep of the family and the family quietly just pushes him out let's be honest bro if there's anything LGBTQ plus related Oh my gosh! That's Hispanic just, Latino culture does not look fair. That is like a whole nother monster that we have to deal with, and it's just it's so like it like you think that it's already a problem in America and American families now? No, that's man, American, families, American, American families don't know. They, it is it is so they much worse. They don't know like people like like people for the most part that like have, have privileged families. And yeah, like they don't. A lot of people don't understand like the mass persecution. Not even just Hispanic Latino culture. The black community. Yeah, both in America and out of America. Yes, uh, anywhere in the middle, anywhere in the Middle East. Oh my god. People still, people are getting killed in the street for being yeah, exactly. for being a part of that community. And it's just like man, people like, are blessed. It is like, it is wild. Like and people so, people are obviously going to listen to this and they're going to think, oh my god, that's incredibly insensitive. But like, listen to the words we're saying. We're not saying that it's not hard everywhere. No, yeah, it's not hard, but it's just. But there are certain there are certain differences and there are cultural differences and attributes that attest and add to the stress. If you are a part of if you're if you're a black sheep for whatever it is. So, so, so take away if it's not you're a part of the community or if you're emo or if you believe in something or or like for like interracial marriages or like mm-hmm. marrying outside the culture or like if you're not doing arranged marriages there's so many different ways that could get you excluded from the family or like especially if you're somebody who got like like a like an unborn or an unclaimed child 
or like you know the, the way you're married co- to somebody the, the but you're having an affair it's like, just don't talk people just don't talk about it they exactly. gossip they gossip and like and like silence or whatever but like for the large part mm. the mentality is very much that kindergartner idea of if i don't see the problem exactly it's not there and we don't know we don't know how it is because like no nah, like, like like let me be devil's advocate like you don't know how because in the movie encanto the, the grandfather obviously dies he gets killed for them mm-hmm. from the evasion but prior to that, you don't know how that marriage was. He could have been he could have been a whole machismo, a whole player, a rolling stone, and she probably would have still kept together like we're perfect. Or like she like you don't know how much it was like toward the end you could see the the, the, the desperation of trying to keep it all together. When exactly. The house, when the house is cracking, like when the, the house it cracking. Like a metaphor, honestly. The house. Was, was oh falling, no! It was the house apart. was a whole metaphor. Like, like the home was falling apart, and they are desperate to hide. And that you're shit. still standing there hide. saying, "We're perfect. We're this family's protected. We will be strong." And I'm like, "Your your literal house." I don't know how it relates to the the idea that uh, Bruno is like literally trying to keep the house together. Honestly. Right. Like, I don't know what, how that... And then when you find out the truth, it was just like, he had one bad prediction and everybody Nothing. kicked him out. It wasn't even one bad prediction. He left on he left on his own record. Problem right. is, every prediction he made was taken the wrong way. Exactly. It was like they blamed him. Like, he's not making it happen. He's telling you what's going to happen. He's telling you, hey, yo, like, oh, something's about to happen. You might want to look into this. But at the beginning of the song, the one, the one, like the woman who literally controls the weather. Yeah. He tells you that he sees rain in your forecast. And you have the power, the power to make rain. To make so rain. of course you didn't think for like you was like, oh, it clouded my brain and a hurricane came. It's all his fault. I'm like, bruh, that is. You literally made it come true. That's so irritating. You didn't stop to think for one second, like oh, completely, like outside the realistic here, guys. Yeah. You didn't stop to think for one second. Hmm. Let me just not make it happen. Let me right. just say, hey, fuck you. Right. It's gonna be sunny, and then Bruno be like, yeah, yeah, like like think happy thoughts, but. And so, so, so he was just, he was misunderstood, and nobody really bothered to like help him. They're too busy kind of protecting. But then the think about the other side. Think about Nkoko. Think about the whole split of the family. You're thinking that one person is Ooh. your descendant, and then you find out that it was somebody else. But then because your no family ripped him from the entire family tree. Why? That's heavy. Because he wanted to pursue his dream in music, and he's like, oh, you left the family, so your family is shunned from you forever. And now you're cursing him She was bitter. pursuing something. The the great-great-grandmother was so bitter about it. Right. She held that grudge for generations. Even on Beyond the Grave, when she's in the new world, in the the next stage of life, and you're still bitter. How are you going to be dead and bitter? Hey, man, holding grudges is something that... We know how to do best. I mean, we do, but Amen. it's just like, yo, you're going to turn in your grave and I'm be like, hmm, I'm still angry. You're dead. You're dead. Why are you angry? Why like, are you wasting time? Like, come on, man. Let let that pain go. Yeah. Like, let it go. Like, like, that that makes, it makes life so much harder like, when you're refusing to let go. And, and it makes it so hard for, for younger people, for people in our generation to still figure stuff out. And then what do we tell to our younger cousins, our younger siblings? Hopefully like, we can break the cycle a little bit. Oh, oh, I'm I'm going to. I like ain't no yeah. if. It's I'm not. No, as a whole though. As a, like, oh as yeah, a no. As, as a like, society of like of our community, it's definitely like I'm not gonna sit here and because in and some play ways, background to this. In some ways, my parents kind of broke some of the cycles. Not the whole thing. Yeah. There's still some things that kind of you know stuck true, but we you know a lot of ways. But like as a whole, as a whole community, as a whole culture, can mm-hmm. we break the cycle? You'll break the cycle. I'll break the cycle. Sure, but. I mean, well, then that that was a difference because I believe that what like your mom was one of the few who 
married outside of the whole Brazilian culture. She's the only one. As, see, as a whole, mm-hmm. as opposed to my mom wasn't the first. It was actually common for some people in my family because they would go and leave Panama and go to the States for work. Yeah. And then life happens. They meet somebody who's American and it's like, oh, what are the odds? You're in America. So I mean, it was common. So my no mom, one, no one in my family will ever get to it. But I had, but as I got older, I started to think that there was definitely some resentment towards her for what she did for leaving. And it wasn't like it was like maybe like or a little bit of resentment, like a little sadness from her parents. Yeah, I mean, was uh, there some like, aristocratic Brazilian man that she was destined to marry or something? Or no, no. The thing with my mom was that she, as I've been told, she had. A lot of dudes kind of like she had a lot of dudes were kind of going after her for one reason or another. But my mom was very different from what people think. Of like, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. She was pretty, but mm-hmm. she also like she wore some big glasses and she was fiercely intelligent. She spoke her mind all the time. That's nothing that has not changed. Mm-hmm. But she was very outspoken. She was very rebellious in some way. She was a real daddy. That's girl. a whole another. She's a real daddy's girl. We'll probably like, dive oh, into she another worshipped, time. She worshipped. She worshipped my vovo like of the father. of the what the gender roles of what a man and a woman's supposed to do in the mm-hmm. Latino culture. Mom, like, she like she helped raise the two youngest siblings. Yeah. Because she was she wasn't like eight years. She wasn't even that much older. Yeah. She helped them out a lot. But my mom like there was no like destined aristocratic man like that. That social change thing was I told you my grandmother came from like a higher class. Yeah. My grandfather did not. Okay. He's a child of the depression. Okay. He suffered a lot. Mm-hmm. And he literally built up his own fortune. Yeah. And I, and tying top and tackling that along with my grandmother's fortune, they became widely successful, widely respected, widely known. Like Yeah. My my family that kind of stuff. And I think but that's also I think the reason why my family was like so big on faith is because mm-hmm. From, from what I understand from my family tree, a part of my family tree, it started in Jamaica. And the person, the man who moved, and I think they were from like Jamaica to Cuba, from right, Cuba right, to right, Panama. Right. But that man, he worked, I mean, if you think about like, you know, the 1920s and 10s and 1800s before then, you had to just do whatever you could do to make money. Yeah. And there was still slavery going on and, and the whole, you know, trade and moving and thing. it was the whole thing. And the fact that like you eventually made it to the canal where you were making what two dollars per check, yeah, and you had to work, and I think that that was why faith was such important to him because he still attended to his faith, he still oh, gave his tithes and offerings, and he eventually worked, became so successful that he had a house and a car in Panama, and he had enough money to where he built, and he built a house in Jamaica, word, and word. so he had his wealth and his legacy. But that's why faith was so important, is because he started the family wealth from him only based off of what making two dollars from building the canal mm-hmm. and so now nah, i think that that's definitely something that is important my family is a whole like that that side of the family is um there's one there's one trait interestingly enough that they kind of picked up is that as a whole a lot of my family they are terrible mm-hmm. at admitting when they're wrong and apologizing for it and I think that was something, yeah. and that was something that was kind of touched on in, in both Coco and Encanto, like the idea, like there was forgiveness yeah. and there was bygones and bygones, but there was rarely a showing of like apologies, and like in terms of like the grand scheme of things, because like the end, like the, the lesson was no matter what happens, you're still family. And I'm like, y'all well, kind of treated your family weirdly. Yeah, I, yes, I agree. I think in the the idea of both Coco and Encanto of the idea of let's move forward and let's be better, but there is no moment of I'm going to admit my faults. But so, because like for the ending of Coco, like when he's saying, remember me to Mama Coco, and like when you finally move forward, 
but there was no moment of I'm sorry I was like this to you. That's my choice. I'm sorry if I was doing this to you. It was okay. I see what you're doing. Okay, let's change. But, but what about and I'm sorry? Yeah. And like, in Encanto, your, Encanto, your it was it was a more it was a bit more apologetic because they had that moment by the palm where it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, he gave me you. Like I realize now that this is what the true gift was. And I think at that point, it's like okay, it's not an apology, but it was a better transition of let's move forward. The and great, I acknowledge uh, that you are the blessing. I brought Madrigal did she Madrigal she did apologize to me that though. Yeah, she did. She did. She really did. She felt that remorse. She that was, definitely felt it. That was a rare showing of, of yeah. apologies now. But like honestly, in general, it's like you know. But I think it's definitely around. it's definitely still things of like there are certain just things in our, in our cultures that we just need to do better about moving forward with. I've had many I've had many your folks just holding ourselves accountable. You know, like we're not perfect, and if we f up, if we do something wrong, acknowledge it and then get better. And I think that's just something that. We still need to do better. And for us, for our part, I mean, the least we can do is just start with our own. You know, when we settle down, we have our wives and our kids and, and all that stuff. We're going to, well, sooner me than you. But, a, lot sooner, <laughs> a lot sooner, man. But, you know, so when that happens for me and when that happens for you, you know, definitely hone that in and, and keep that pushing and make that a better a better position for us for our cultures anything else like anything else we can really touch on I mean we can go on for hours no we, we, we can go on we can go on but I mean like we I said this is after hours head. and yeah. this is just a time for us to just you know pick on a topic and just right, have right. some deep conversations we'll about keep, it yeah, if we ever, ever feel inspired we'll definitely pick this up again of course but of see course. before we close this out I want to ask like for myself and Alex here Alex one thing Mm-hmm. We talked about this, and I like that a lot. We even mentioned it. One thing that you can do for your children, for your family in the future, one thing that you will do differently to break the cycles. What's something you can think of that you'll do differently? What's action? something that I will do to break the cycle? What's something that you will like? I will teach my children to show gratitude. I will teach my children to show appreciation and walk with humility. I think that the whole the idea of the machismo is it's stupid and it's crap and you're thinking that you can get away with stuff because of certain you know traits that you have no it's crap you know the things that you earn the things that you work for in life yeah. that is what you have to be grateful for and that's what you have to acknowledge is this there's nothing guaranteed there's nothing guaranteed regardless if we come from from better wealth you have to work and you have to put in your weight to be successful and then you have to pay homage and be honorable of what has come before you and you have to now figure out what you're going to do to make it better and it's always about being better and acknowledging that there's always more that you can do of course yeah okay so what is something for you to to pass on to your offspring in the future i well the first, well, at first i was going to say that i was going to teach them kind of like what you were doing i was going to teach them how to own up to their shit yeah that was uh, the first thing I was going to say. But you know what? I want to kind of, that's, I'm going to keep that, but I'm actually going to change my answer a little bit. Okay. What I'm going to teach my kid, my kids to do is less doing and more showing. I'm going to try to show them. Actions speak louder. That Exactly. Actions speak louder. But on top of that, I'm going to do everything I can to understand and relate to them. Because that's one mm-hmm. thing that I feel like a lot of kids that complain some, about. That'll the be parents, you know, the parents yeah. kind of pull the higher the high card like they're the adult they know so much more the parent child relationship needs to improve but they expect the kids to like you know they expect like they they, they look at them like they're kids but they expect them to be grown ups in right. a lot of ways what i'm going to do 
is at certain times gauging based on how they mature their life. Hopefully they mature really well. Yeah. Is I'm going to show them that like, hey, I am the adult in this situation. I am your parent. I have this authority over you mm-hmm. and yada, yada, yada. But I am hearing you. I am listening to you. And we're going to sit down. We're going to talk this stuff out. Like if we disagree, I'm going to see your side. I'm going to try to see your side. I'm going to help you understand. So it's not going to be like, I'm never going to hit my kids with a, because I said so, because I'm the adult. Right. Because I hated that. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to have to. Because I said so, it's just like, man, no. Because that's our goal, right? That's our goal as growing people to be better than our parents. It's to teach and to show. Like the whole idea of like, oh, you fall, figure it out. It's like, no, I'm going to help you. It's doing better being guys. If you fall, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to help him out see if you learn. Right. I'm going to help you. I mean, there is, the tough love can and will be implemented, but the idea of like of how to be a guy, there's definitely improvements that can be made with Hey, that. look, man, the tough love is going to cover itself. I'm teaching my kids how to fight. I'm teaching martial arts. Martial <laughs> arts is a critical part of my parenting. I'm going to have an entire martial arts set up. They're going to get their gi. It's going right. to be jujitsu and, and boxing and everything. And right. God forbid one of them kids want to mess around and bully somebody. I'm going to bully them. Get a nice roundhouse kick to I'm going to bully them so hard. I'll be like, y'all want to bully? All right, let me see y'all what happens yeah. when you pick on someone who's weaker than you. For sure. But, nah, oh, man. gosh. This, this is good, man. This is good. Yeah, just a nice, nice little spiel about... You know, comparing and you know analyzing the movies of Encanto and Coco, and both great movies. Please check it out if you haven't. Very good movies, something that is Absolutely. definitely a tear jerkers, and you know this is just something that you know the squares. And you know what? Want to touch on later on? We'll post. We'll post a little something. We want to see how our listeners, our people out there, are feeling. Did y'all cry during Coco? Did y'all feel? <laughs> yeah. Did y'all feel kind of emotions during Encanto or whatever? Like we mm. want to know. We want to hear from you guys. Yeah. Because I know we're not weenies. We're grown men who gr- cry grown men tears. <laughs> These are manly tears. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. But all right, y'all. This has been another installment of After Hours with your squares, man. We'd like to thank y'all for tuning in. Make sure y'all like and share this. I'll share this all on Spotify with your friends. And until next time. And your hoes, your sneaky man, all that situations that blah, 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 blah. You know blah, blah, the jizz. You know how it is out here. Smash that like button. I, I know when y'all don't support and look at that stuff, and if you don't like our stuff, my dog will die. The back of your knees stink. <laughs> you don't make the rules. You have stinky back knees. Your armpits are ashy. Your nose is dusty. If you don't like this podcast, you got toe jam. You have toe jam. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see y'all next time. Be well, y'all. <laughs>